It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Johnny, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as your hosts discuss the 1972 film, Horror Express. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, those in between, to Murder on the Staring Express. Uh, I don't get murder it. Murder on the what? Staring Express. Oh. Should I get it? I don't get staring, it. Staring, you know, intense eye contact, and... Uh... Oh, 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 yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a little strange, but... <laughs> but here we are, Horror Express, after many years. After so many years. Exactly. I think it was on this whatever Star Wars one we did before Rogue One, where I said, tune in, everybody. Next week, we're covering Horror Express. Oh, <laughs> I do remember that, because yeah. we just did The Beast Must Die. I think I think The Beast Must Die is what we did in, in place of this, because I wanted to cover Horror Express before we did Rogue One. So I was like, oh, I, hmm. we got to do something good with Peter Cushing before we see his CGI'd abomination version. <laughs> Oh, Christ. And for whatever reason, at the last minute, I switched it out for The Beast Must Die. I don't remember why. But... Yeah, you were, I think you're, you know what you were going to do? You were going to save it for uh, yeah, for for Halloween last year. Don't worry, I messed up as well because I said we were going to do... What did I say? I said we were going to do Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust this year, and we never got to it. So, oh, oh well. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are, finally. And uh, I'm very happy to be here with you, Johnny. Hey, but hell yeah, buddy. Right back at you. Yeah, once again, covering another in our little Who Goes There series. Mm-hmm. The, the, this time, a much more fucking faithful adaptation. That, that's so funny you say that because I was going to say, no, Isaac. Before we uh, before we jumped on, had some issues with this being an, an adaptation in a way. So it's an adaptation, yes, but like in like they didn't even like name it though. I don't even think there was a reference to like based on uh, who goes there by John Campbell. No, it, it's in there. It's in there? Yeah, yeah. That's how I found out. Okay, well, I guess I was watching the Spanish version because I didn't see that in the title. Oh, weird. Well, you know what? Just in spirit, it's a fuck of a lot closer to... Because I didn't... Yeah, I I would say as an adaptation, I wouldn't go that far to, to say it's a full-on adaptation of who goes there. I will say it is mm-hmm. much closer to the themes and ideas and the overall spirit than the thing from, from another world. Yeah, this one's very much inspired by rather than based yeah on. yeah it's like it's like on the classic haunting of hill house versus the new netflix uh series haunting of hill house mm. both excellent but they're yeah they're both kind of in the, in the same in the same kind of vein yeah that's yeah but again very very different but i'd also argue that the original 50s one was very different too so yeah. i don't know which one you would say is closer either in content or in spirit but either way i, I both think they're interesting adaptations and I'm super happy to finally be talking about this. I've I've loved this movie for a good number of years now, and I was really excited to show it to Isaac. So, so I'm very curious what you thought. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for air quotes showing me this, even though we all had to do it <laughs> separately, of course. Uh, no, now that I think about it, yeah, no, okay, fine, I get it, yeah, because the monster or the yeah the creature actually moves between people, whereas in the '50s one he did not do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, or they did not do that. Excuse me. That was interesting. I wasn't, and, and you know what? That was a good fake out too, because I was like, "Oh, they killed the creature already!" <laughs> like, we're still like forty minutes left in this movie. Is it gonna? It's it's gonna come back somehow. And it was like, "Oh, it did." That's cool. Yeah, in a pretty damn cool way. But yeah. But before we get into some of that stuff, uh, you both watched the copy on YouTube, right? Yeah. Correct. Now, did it look like a like an HD copy? Do you think it was a rip from the recent Blu-ray, or did it look pretty old and shitty? 
I wouldn't. I don't think it was a Blu-ray. I think it was. It, it didn't look shitty. I think it just looked like like normal definition. It was 720p, so I assume it's HD version. Not. Oh, okay. Well, when I first saw this, I back in the day when I first started collecting, I used to buy these 50 movie packs. Oh yeah. And one of the ones. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I bought one called Legends of Horror, and I probably watched maybe 20, 25 of those movies, and most of them were complete shit. But this one, I mean, it looked like complete crap. It was a terrible VHS rip. But even though it looked terrible, I was still like, this is a, a standout flick. And so when uh, Arrow Video put out their Blu-ray, I picked it up immediately. And it is gorgeous. They did such a fantastic job cleaning it up. Just couldn't have been happier to get that. Yeah, you know what? The one I watched said uh, Legends of Horror on it, so it was, probably, it was probably from that set. Oh, no. <laughs> But you know what? I didn't. That, that, that didn't really deter me because I'm watching it on like a shitty TV anyway. So, mm. and I don't really notice the difference. That's fair. Oh, Caleb, I forgot to ask. What is your brief history with Horror Express? How did you first come across this? Was it that fifty pack? It was that fifty pack. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything okay. about it. I would just because they would say all the dates on them and if who they starred. So anyone that mentioned any actors that I recognized or anything that was from the seventies or the eighties, I would watch. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and those 50 packs, I mean, they definitely brought it into my, uh, my film experience back then. I probably saw this in, like, 2010. And oh, totally. So, you know, a lot of new options for me. Yeah, it's a good... It was cool. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, they don't do those packs anymore, do they? Nope. You can find them here and there. I know I, I, I know a guy who stocks them. Oh, cool. I gotta go pick up some more. Is it, is it crazy, Bob's? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I, he, he has them occasionally, too, but I, there's, there's another place I can bring up. Nice. As well. I'll, I'll remind me later, and I'll sure. I'll go more into detail. Oh, but just from some opening experience for you guys, do you guys have much uh, kind of interactions with Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee, and just your regular film diets? Uh, yeah, my only experience with Christopher Lee, other than Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, is um, The Wicker Man. Oh, cool! Great film. The original Wicker Man, which was a year after this movie was released, I believe. Uh. I think it's I think it's seventy three. So it was seventy three, wasn't yeah. it? It was seventy three. Yeah, I don't remember what year this one yeah, was. Yeah, so seventy five. This is seventy two. Seventy two. Okay, sure. Yeah. So it was a year after. And you, Isaac. Um. So let's see. Christopher Lee. Uh. Still haven't seen the Captain America sequel with him in it. Oh yes. Um, oh dear. <laughs> there's. <laughs> I haven't seen the Drac- the Hammer Horror films with him. Mm. And then there's, of course, Saruman from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, right. That was mm. him. And he was the he was Willy Wonka's dad in Tim Burton's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, wow. Remake. Yes. Yeah, right. He was. Shit. And he huh. was the uh, uh, Jabberwocky in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. And oh, what else uh, was he? I blocked that one from my memory. I forgot about that. Jeez. I still remember when I watched that back in 2010. Um, I did too, but I wish I didn't. What else was there? It's been in other stuff. Uh, but I'm more mad at uh, the, the two of them as a trio, you know? Because. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's true. No, um, I had none experience. Or, uh, I know you have say. plenty and plenty and plenty to say with these two because these two are Hammer Legends. Were either of them, sir, in Classic Who? Um, neither of them were in classic Doctor Who, but Peter Cushing did play Doctor Who in the two 60s movies that they made of Doctor Who. Uh, where he played an out-of-continuity oh. version of the Doctor. So Very nice. Oh, and you know that I, I have uh, familiarity with Cushing in both... What is it? The Beast Must Die. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> what else was he in? Shockwaves. Uh, Shockwaves, thank you. That's I got the two mixed up, actually. That's what I was thinking of first, Shockwaves, and then Beast Must Die. And then, of course, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue. Yes, and of course the original Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> no, he was only in Rogue One. <laughs> oh, Rogue One. God, how embarrassing. But, <laughs> I haven't seen it, don't know. But yes, I've, I've, I've seen many, many a Hammer Horror film. And this has always been my favorite pairing of the duo here. I really think really? they have such a fantastic chemistry... And they kind of play, because usually Peter Cushing doesn't play such a light role, and usually Christopher mm-hmm. Lee will be playing more of a kind of, maybe playing the monster or just kind of a darker person. So for this one, I love that they're both just kind of these scientists. They have such a fun banter between each other. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Isaac, I mentioned in 
one of our Peter Cushing things that, you know, by the time he got to by the time Peter Cushing got to Star Wars, his wife had died and it kind of broke him as a person and he like lost a whole bunch of weight, never gained it back. That's so sad. That is, that is so heartbreaking. Right before he filmed this movie is when his wife died. Oh my Shit. goodness. Yeah, and he he tried to pull out, and Christopher Christopher Lee was like, you know. I really don't think you should be alone right now. Come do this movie. And Cushing kept, like, fighting and being like, no, I don't want to do it. And so he, like, sequestered him away in, like, a hotel room and just got him super wasted and was like, come on, just hang hang out with me. Oh, my goodness. And so that's... I can't believe that, but fair enough. And so he agreed to uh, do the film with him. I thought that was a really cool story between between the two of them. Wow. Oh, man. They're, like, best friends. It's like, oh, that's... Yeah, man, you got to be there for him at that point. Goodness gracious! That moment of yeah, that, 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 that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and you'd never tell. I mean, Cushing is so charming and fun in this movie. Like you never guessed that he was just grieving from his, you know, very recent wife dying. Fuck. No kidding. I'm surprised the anonymity between the two characters, not the actors, but the anonymity between two characters in the beginning didn't um, just went away after a while. Yeah. As the movie went <laughs> that's on, true. eh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always wondered if maybe that's one of the reasons they made it kind of lighter just to kind of like cheer him up by making him play some comedy maybe maybe oh and he survived as well uh, he, he he survived just like in uh, uh, Beast Must Die spoilers oh man I don't even remember him surviving in that but oh but there is quite a I fun quite a fun little cast of characters in this one I mean we get the, the mm-hmm, weird definitely Countess and the that Pajardov guy is that what his name is I yeah Pujardov? Yeah, that. The monk. The weirdo monk, yes. <laughs> the weirdo monk. Let's just call him the fucking weirdo monk. <laughs> the weirdo monk. The inspector. And then that. Yeah, then the, uh, the, uh, the Russian officer. Um, oh, yes. The, 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 the bald dude. Oh, the, oh, bald dude. As, uh, <laughs> as I, uh, as I call him, my comrade Kojak. Kojak. As my, uh, as my name is right now. Oh, 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 you're funny, you're funny. I can't tell you, the first time I watched this, when Kojak showed up, I just lost it. And he's so funny. He's got such a different energy than everyone else, and he's just this yeah. really bombastic. I was like, just holy crap, this is so great. Or, uh, I guess, Comrade Blofeld, if I'm, uh, if my knowledge is correct. Knowledge is correct, yes, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay, there we go. Okay, I, okay, I think at least no stuff. Okay, got it. <laughs> Um, okay, first, my, uh, to to quote the the bombast uh, the bombastity that 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 comrade Kojak was was um, expressing on all of us, uh, Co- uh, comrade Kojak having a better accent than Sean Connery in Red October, the oh. for Red October. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, funny. I could see that. Yeah, there was there was no accent at all. I'm just <laughs> just making a joke. It was it was a it was an accent. I don't know. There was something there. He was doing something weird. Mm. I also had to keep reminding me. My, 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 yeah, I had to keep reminding myself that this was 1906, so Russia was still Russia. The Czars were still run, running it. The, the um, was it not Crystal Night? What was uh, what was the thing called again? The night when things went out, went mad, crazy. It's in the film Anastasia. Also, that's funny. Funny thing about the the Mad Monk. I wanted to keep calling him Rasputin because he just looked like Rasputin. <laughs> oh yeah, he does kind of look like Rasputin. Yeah, and he's a character that I find kind of difficult to track throughout the movie. Interesting. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, he's such a crazed, like, religious zealot for God. And then once he's like, oh, I'm in the presence of Satan, I need to switch allegiances. I was like, whoa, where'd this come from? <laughs> and it also felt like there's there's that chunk kind of in the middle of the movie where you don't see him for a while, and you're like, oh, you're like, oh yeah, I guess that guy wasn't really a part of the movie that much. And then he comes back, and you're like, oh, oh, oh you're back, hello. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true, yeah. When they're all like, I felt, I felt that way. When they're all doing their science discoverings with their, uh, their kind of nonsense science. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the brains, uh, the memories are are all stored in the creases of the brain. I was like, oh, how cute. <laughs> well, I mean, it was 1906. <laughs> yes, I guess. I mean, I I don't know what their knowledge was for horror back then, but I definitely had to remind myself, like. Right, this movie was made in '72, but it's set in 1906. <laughs> I, I, I kind of caught myself with that a few times, like, like, wait, why the fuck does he? Have... Oh, right, so it was right, it's 1906 at this point. Never mind. This is like pre-World War One. I, I have to have to think about that for a minute. Yeah, and there was that wonderfully camp line when uh, there's that other Russian scientist, and he's like, "Oh, 
back on the uh, the track there. How come that chalk didn't write on the cloth? And he was like, oh, it was some conjurer's trick. Uh, hypnosis and yoga. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, n- nice British guy, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean the engineer, these, right? These fucking Easterners and their fucking... The, and their fucking yoga and their meditation. Yes, yeah, foreign uh, religions that I can't understand because I'm ignorant. And their Buddhism and such. Again, it was a time, like, we probably would, I don't know if we would have been saying that if we were in that time period or not. Who knows? I don't even want to know. Uh, not even answering that. But that was, yeah, Caleb, that was the guy who was the engineer, correct? That he was talking to? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so the the Ewan McGregor looking guy. Ah... Uh, kind of. Dude, kind looked, of. dude, seriously, looked like Ian McGregor. I'm just like, it's Ian McGregor. Holy smokes! Yeah, I have to skip to him on my disc here and see if I can find him. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, oh yeah, so Caleb, is this a Jello film? Uh, no, this is definitely not a not a show. I guess I can see a little bit of it with the the mystery aspect and kind of the uh, the hidden killer throughout. Oh, but since we're talking a little bit about the the killer there, how did you guys feel the monster came across here? Well, um. De- de- definitely, like more of a monster than the one from Thing from an- Another World. Say that much right now. Well, actually, I, I kind of disagree, but we'll-, we'll talk about it. Well, just in just in terms of the way it looked, the Thing from Another World just looked like a Frankenstein monster to me. He did, but that monster was much more like like this one. By the end of it, he's like giving his little speeches and you know joking about characters, kind of making some insights. The one in the Thing from Another World yeah. was just kind of a mindless, at least as far as we knew kind of beast character yeah this thing this thing i liked how it how, once again i i like the fake out where you think it's where you think it's dead but you're like no nah, it ain't dead there's more gonna happen in this movie i just don't know what it is and the all the memory being stored in the eyeball that was a cool idea i think mm-hmm. um yeah yeah the thing with the brains where they were like oh hey that that brain looks like a chicken breast <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and then they're just poking it and then it just yeah that was smooth yeah, like, like a baby's bum <laughs> And then I do like how I do I do like the idea of like how he is he's being selective about like which people he he absorbs at first because he wants to get the most intelligence and so he's kind of like trying to weed out who's the smartest. Mm-hmm. That was kind of that was kind of cool, but 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 then it seems like I guess like, that's how I felt anyways. I guess like when, well, like when he killed all the Russian soldiers, he was able to just kind of like 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 do a quicker death in exchange for, for maybe not getting as much memory. I don't know. That's how I felt. Because that was a fucking massacre. Like, it did seem like that because it happened so quickly and they would just, like, fly back. <laughs> and there were a few cool shots in there, like, you know, especially when he's about to kill the last guy and he's just standing there in the dark with his eyes glowing and, like, like amid a pile of bodies. Like, there was, okay, that, that was, okay, that's genuinely intimidating. That's pretty cool. But... Yeah, I remember on my old shitty copy watching it very late at night, thinking that that stuff was actually pretty creepy looking with the white eyes, <laughs> the blood coming down, and just the bulging red eyes. It's like damn, that's pretty effective. Yeah, it's a lot more, more of a horror, like like you know, in, in a sense of like like a modern sense, like like you can see where a lot of that stuff kind of began to take its shape in movies like this, mm. or with the more kind of like you know more, and by more intricate I mean like a bit different than monster shows up stabby stabby stabby. I mean like like you know there was a twist, the monster moved around between bodies a few times, and that kept you. It kept things interesting because you're like, okay, cool. So it can, it can move around, and you know it can take whoever's form it wants. The biggest upgrade the thing gave it in that regard was that the audience didn't know which one the monster was. Mm, yeah. Had something like that been in this movie, I think it would have been a lot more effective. But I also, I think he might, I think he might have also lost some of the monster's motive because he wouldn't have seen the how he chooses his kills. You know. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I don't know. Um, that, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, and I did like the subtle way they kind of showed it first when he, you know, kills the the lock picking thief, and then after he kills the bagman, starts whistling his little tune. Which, by the way, every time I mm-hmm. watch this movie, I'm whistling that tune for days. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, nice. Always gets stuck in my head. Also, they don't make movie soundtracks like they used to. No, oh, yeah. they do not. I no, noticed this one a lot. Not. A lot of Isaac. A lot of uh, descending major scales. Oh, like I was thinking back to by the end of the film or not even that i was just thinking of the soundtrack to demons mm. what, a, what a great score that was as well and i do have kind of a funny uh story about this this composer here john huh. kakavis i don't know how to say his name i'm sorry i'm butchering it but <laughs> john kakavis, kakavis yeah maybe uh, I, I, I don't know anyway yeah, kind of an unusual thing for composers but 
he was actually like one of uh, Telly Savalas' best friends. And so Telly Savalas would get him work all the time. He got him work on this movie. He also got him huh. work to do all the music for Kojak. So, yeah, I guess... Sounds like music to my ears, as he would say. Yeah, I don't feel like you usually see that kind of thing. An actor kind of bringing their composer wherever they go. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, except for maybe D David Lynch and his guy. Yeah, that's fair, but director more. But that's, that, that's about it, yeah. Especially with someone like Telly on this movie. Like, he maybe has, like, 15 minutes of screen time. And somehow he got his bud to uh, do the score. And stuff. But he he makes yeah. he milks it so well. Yeah, like he just does <laughs> such a good job with that. He really does. Mm -hmm. I love I love all the stuff with him in this movie. Practically steals the movie for me. Like with that little guy in the station, he's like, "Come here, little papa." He just starts like harassing him. <laughs> he's there with his little babe in the right beside them having sex right, right next to those guys. <laughs> what are they in like a prison or something like? Not prison, but what are they in like the the jail cell? Who knows with those Cossacks back in the day. You know what? Yeah, yeah I don't even know. All we know is that wherever they were, they were having a good time. <laughs> they probably were. Who knows? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Although it was 1906 and British people, so it was like, oh, I'm arriving, I'm arriving, kind of thing. Like, Oh, yes, apparently, yeah, British people back in the day had free speech. <laughs> or believed in free speech. <laughs> yeah, for the British, of course. Yes. What was that other fun line that uh, Peter Cushing did? Oh, it's... Uh, when the inspector's like, you know, one of you two could be the monster. Peter Cushing's like, monster? Oh, yeah. We're British, you know. Or English, I think he said. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I do miss, like, the old school British humor where it's not the focus of the movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, golly, yes. The British banter, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, we all love Monty Python, but, like, smaller doses of that are great, too. <laughs> This is true. Yeah, it helped. What was that other joke? Uh, which one? Oh, sorry. Yeah, what was that other joke? It was um, oh, what uh, it was Mrs. Jo uh, yeah, it was Mrs. or Doctor Jones, whatever her name was. Uh, Cushing's assistant, not friends. Oh, you know, assistant, yes. friend. Um, where it, like I need your help, and she looks at the other table and like either the countess or that other lady's there, and he's like, I think you're doing just fine, and she's like, No, not with that. Oh, with an autopsy. Got it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right, yeah, I, I laugh at that, too. I think she was, like, at your age, I'm not surprised. I'm like, that. <laughs> and I was like, damn, what Yeah, doing? that's right, that was, that was good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was funny. Which is even more sad with, if the fact, if you counter the, or consider the fact that he just lost his wife, that's, that's even worse. Yeah, and again, Cushing in a lot of these movies played, like, the elder statesman. So I thought it was fun that they were making him kind of a flirt. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, especially at the beginning where, like, uh, Christopher Lee goes in to his cabin. He's like, excuse me, sir, we have cabin A. He's like, you have 8A, I have 8B. Deal with it. Kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. Can we work something out? <laughs> Can we please? He's just like, no. give a rip about like, him. Bite me. <laughs> yeah, you, he thought he was going to work something there. I was like, damn, what the, you know, this girl comes in looking for some help. And I was like, damn, Cushing is going <laughs> to, like, oh, I'm sure we can work something out. <laughs> yeah. Subtlety. <laughs> I, get, I understand why uh, Lee's character was very angry by that point, just because, you know, all, all this, like, mishap was, like, happened at the train station where, like, he reserved his spot three weeks ago and the conductor just seemingly happened to forget uh, about it and yeah. needed the guards, or not, the, the local police to look up uh, to give him a hand there and then, like, oh, his his locker is being uncovered and whatnot, or yeah. being locked. Which, by the way, yeah, I didn't even realize that the... I didn't get to like halfway through when they mentioned the whole thief thing. I didn't get that um, the creature was absorbing um, information and, and skills mm. uh, based off of the uh, the person that they kill, which I guess was a good start at the beginning. I just love the fact that he was telling the truth the whole time where it's just like, it's just fossils and everybody's after this thing. It's like, wow, never have I seen anything maybe since Jurassic Park where they want somebody desperately wants fossils. Well, you know what's interesting to, to, to me, the theme I saw there, and this is classic, classic Lovecraft, classic Gothic horror, is where there's a thing. And, and, and in this case, hell, maybe if nobody had fucked with that thing, it would have stayed in that in that crate. But no, people like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the thief, he's got to have a look. He's, he's got to get in there and try and steal it. And the buddy just like, hey, man, I'll pay you like 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 five bucks to have, have a look at this <laughs> thing and tell me what's in there. And then like this people just just cannot leave this stuff alone. 
And that's a recurring theme in a lot of classic horror is they always have to dig a little deeper. They always have to find out what's going on. And it's, it's that Lovecraftian idea of, of mm-hmm. you, uh, of like, you know, we, we quest for knowledge and we try and find out more, but the more we, but as soon as we figure it out, it's too late. Yep. And that to me is classic, just fucking classic horror. Yeah. And Christopher Lee kind of plays the, like aloof kind of in his own way, alien scientist where she's like, there's that one chick, the countess who's like, don't you feel bad? Like all these people dying from your discovery, and he's like, "What? A thief and a bag man?" <laughs> he's like, "He's like, well, he's like, well, admittedly, I, I don't feel as bad as I should." And just like, you know what? I can respect that. He he's honest. <laughs> he's a dick, but he's honest. And he, she give, he gives his little speech about how uh, the discovery could find the link between man and ape with evolution, and she's like, "I've heard of evolution. It's immoral." Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I've heard of evolution. <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> Also, can we talk about the supposed the uh, influence of Satan in this movie? That was kind of throwing me for a bit of that was that was interesting. <laughs> like, like I don't like, and and it's one of those things you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. People are gonna speculate this shit, but then it kind of never got resolved, and it was like, huh? Yeah, are you thinking like the piece where, um, like Bajardov, like the the inspector's in there, and then like the picture of Jesus flies off the wall. Kind of yeah, and then like the the chalk not showing up. Well, the chalk. And these things that make it. Sorry. See when uh, the chalk thing, I was kind of annoyed when the the guy was like, "Why do you think the chalk didn't show up?" And he was like, "Oh, it was yoga." I was like, "Well, he was he was writing <laughs> on cloth." I mean, I, I was about to say yeah, that as well. I was like, yeah. of course, it's not gonna yeah. like show up. <laughs> I don't really think chalk. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> built for that kind of thing. It, it could if you press hard enough, but like potentially. Still, I, still I'm just kind of yeah. That was kind of. Like, like, you know, there are these, these allusions to Satan, and they never kind of got resolved. I found that kind of strange, personally. Yeah, I wondered if there was maybe some sort of unexplained psychic ability to the to the creature. And maybe somehow so, he knocked the picture off the wall, or maybe it was a coincidence. Because that's the only one that I feel like is a real sign of something more supernatural going on. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just kind of... Yeah, I, I, I just didn't know what the... Well, like, was that a red herring for the viewers, or what was the? Yeah, I think so. The idea with that, you yeah. know, I think a red her- a red herring for that kind of deranged religious guy to see the signs. And I guess maybe yeah. maybe his thing was because he was kind of like a weak weirdo character the whole time. Like maybe he was like the, re- the reason he was so religious was because he was like terrified of power or something, and that's why he was like, "Oh, I'm mm-hmm. in the presence of Satan. I need to swear my allegiance, so I'll protect myself." Or something i don't know it doesn't really seem to fully track but yeah agreed agreed that was a very very strange he's like oh well i prayed to god but but satan showed up so (laughs) jump and shut here we go yeah and he even does that little that little bible quote and he ends it like uh rule in hell or something i I was like what yeah this is some real sacrilege here yeah he said i think um at the end, they were like stating, or the the creature was, or the alien was saying how he was a very weak-minded fool, and he had the hots for the countess, and always was. So he's very mm-hmm. much a not a man of faith. He's just a confused man and non-believer, and just didn't basically kind of went to any place that would see him survive. If if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and maybe yeah, I maybe he held on to the faith so much because he was like a little bit of a like a kind of sinner in his own way and he was like terrified of death because yeah oh yeah he's a false shepherd that's that's what he totally is he's a false shepherd because remember when they were doing that little joke with the countess they're like oh what dress should we meet to go or what dress should i wear to go meet christopher lee should i wear the blue (laughs) one or the red one he's like i forbid you to say that (laughs) showing a little bit of his jealousy Uh there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i did like that actor I, i thought he played it well or at least the uh facial expression who knows who did the voice for him but yes which is why i asked if this was a jello film because i totally initially i I mean it was like oh there's a lot of like dubbing here yeah and this this was a (laughs) spanish production they were doing the same thing as the italians at the time what it was that's exactly what it was yeah so yeah no no on on set recording of audio it's very strange that they did that they did it for like maybe three decades too with italy and yeah spain Wow. Very odd. <laughs> but, yeah, quite odd, but uh, I'll say that at least with Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Christian, it looked like they had pretty good grasp of when they were dubbing their lines, because they sounded almost like perfect, like they almost had 
recorded them all like in with without sound which is fascinating yeah telly savalis mm -hmm. too did a good job yeah he did yeah him too oh and and just for the the doctor who fans out there the inspector uh was uh voiced by roger delgado who played the original master not played by like the actor is someone different but he just stepped in and did the dubbing for him so i thought that was an interesting oh, little tidbit so, I guess mine is just a big lip alligator moment of the the, the spy or the international <laughs> spy. The international spy. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> big lip alligator. Out, out of nowhere, just like all of a sudden, like almost could work in the fact that like you know anybody in anything, any anybody from anywhere could be on this train right now. Um, like Agatha, it's an Agatha Christie novel, mm -hmm. like on this train. Imagine that. Like, oh, here's all the characters from Burrow on the Orient, Orient Express, excuse me, and they're in this movie. That's what a shock. Um, yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's one of the things I loved about this movie is I just love the train setting. It's one of the reasons yes, that, um, From Rush with Love is one of my favorite James Bond movies. I just find train settings super cool, more than water settings or snow. Oh, and I love the snow here too. Yep, that helps. <laughs> of course. Oh, sorry. No, I just was—is this movie as blue as all the other movies we've mentioned before? No, no, it's <laughs> not at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Go ahead, Johnny. But um, yeah, I I noticed that, w and I don't know if it was just this this movie in particular, but that train whistle whenever it went, I thought it was a guy screaming. <laughs> just the the sound of the train whistle, you know? I was like, what the fuck is that? And then oh. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Oh, by the way, since we're mentioning the train. So the only reason that this movie was written and made was because the production team had recently shot a Pancho Villa movie, and Ooh, they had a train nice. robbery or something in it. And so they're like, "Oh, <laughs> we've got this train. Uh, let's just make a cheap horror movie that we could throw some uh, throw into the train <laughs> setting." So, <laughs> well, hey. cheap horror movie, not, of course. Not too bad for cheap horror mm -hmm. movie. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. based off the thing. Yep. Kind of. Who goes there? Sorry. Yeah, three hundred thousand dollar budget. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the big alligator moment, yeah, just random Russian spy lady or just random international spy in there. And I guess nothing else to mention about that other than, like, yeah, that was there. I don't know what purpose she had there. Yeah. There, but... What was the purpose? It was something to do with that medal, right? With the count? Uh, yes, it was, which would lead to him, let's see, lead to the spacecraft because he wanted to achieve anti-gravity to get out of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's what led him to the engineer, and he killed the engineer, but after that, eh? Yeah, after that, things just, I think that's when Telly Savalas showed up, like, very shortly after that, and it just fucked everything up. Uh, and, uh, and, and randomly, Comrade Kojak shows up. Yes. <laughs> oh, Muslim Russia. Yeah, so, yeah, I was definitely confused there, but, but when we got to the end part, that's when I really loved the alien, because I love the concept that he showed up like maybe even before the dinosaurs like he said he survived just in protozoa protozoa and then fish and of course we see the image of the dinosaurs so he could have been just transferring for like 100 million years before he got frozen in that ice a couple hundred million years yeah i remember that like that like our uh, red herring with the the fish at the table there where he's like he's like why is this fish's eyes like melted like this oh it's because it was boiled it was just kind of like huh that was a strange strange line you know <laughs> yeah like and then it was like okay well, well well maybe he was what did he like hop into the fish briefly and then just again like like case the joint and then go back to his like humanoid body to start killing shit is that what he did i i, I don't know that'd be funny but i feel, I feel like i feel like you, you could get i feel like i feel like a movie where the monster hopped between like like the meals in a restaurant an incognito killed people as like a fish at a table would be fucking amazing you know what i mean yeah it sounds like a great great idea for a terrible movie <laughs> yeah exactly so like like i think that'd be hilarious but i mean yeah i think i do like that concept though and then but yeah there's like the and then it also kind of opens things up a little bit too because when the monster kind of explains like oh yeah i got left here by accident i'm like well if this were a modern movie, the the protagonist would have immediately made some quip about yeah right or kind of thing accident you fucking failure kind of, <laughs> kind of deal. So just just quickly kind of right this was back in the seventies kind of thing. But welcome to Earth. Bang yeah exactly. But 
But yeah, yeah, that was has a very cool idea of it being like older than time itself and just hopping from from creature to creature to creature to creature until I guess being frozen in the ice age. Yep, is is the idea, which yeah, some sort of Homo habilis or something. Which like the thing, I suppose, is the same deal. You know? Yeah. No, I I just think that's super cool that he was around for, and like he says, he's like, oh, you know, the history of your Earth. It's tied into me, so you kill me, and you're like killing this huge part of your history. Mm hmm. Which is a tough one for Lee's character. Oh, you're saying Isaac? Oh, just it reminds me of the center. Oh, yes, the center. I can, yeah, I can it's, see that. Hmm. Yeah, they're buddies. They're, they're probably buddies. The center's <laughs> in this world as well. That is funny. Yeah. yeah that's pretty funny. Uh, also, he got left behind by a fleet of his friends, the, these energy beings. Mm hmm. So he wasn't the only one, there were many others. Yeah, that's interesting too. I guess they were just like exploring the uh, the early Earth, decided to take off and leave him behind. Maybe he was a big dick. Just happened to be in the soul system, and we're just like, yeah, let's go down there. See ya, bitch. See ya, bitch. And then one got stranded. Like I'm stranded here. Also, for your idea, Johnny, with the fish like infiltrating everybody, that's the that's the plot for Sausage Party too. Oh boy. What? I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say this before okay. when Johnny mentioned that. Have you guys ever heard of the movie called Deathbed, the bed that eats? <laughs> Please tell me that's a metamorphosis story. No, but when Johnny when Johnny said his idea, just for whatever reason that that Death terrible bed? Okay, in my well, head. I, I have to look this up. This, this sounds amazing. Yeah, it could be a potential. This is when we watch by ourselves. The bed that eats. The bed that eats. <laughs> oh golly, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> this could be one to cover one day. It's a. We gotta do it. We have to. Oh do my it. god. Yeah, the, the, this looks amazing. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not even gonna ask how you caught, like f found this one out because that's that's for another day. <laughs> the bed that eats. <laughs> I like how it has to have in colon. I know. And, like in like <laughs> the bed that eats. Just to make, to, just so you, just as as if to tell your brain, yes, the bed is eating people oh. in this movie. <laughs> Context. That's before its time. I love it. Oh. oh, speaking of which, has there ever actually been a uh, a metamorphosis adaptation or no? No, I don't believe so. Uh, ooh, that, that's a good question, actually. I think Cronenberg's The Fly is kind of the only kind of reference piece, but that wasn't a straight adaptation. It was just a inspired. Yeah, that's true. I can believe that. Mm -hmm. Good story. Good story. Good story. Yeah, yeah, good story. Yeah. Oh, but... Oh, yeah, also the, uh, what is it, the alien looks... Or, sorry, the early ape the early humanoid um it's chewbacca anyways just shaved <laughs> and not seven feet tall and having only one eye and since you're mentioning him there's one effect that i love in this movie um after the monster is killed and it transfers over to the inspector i love whenever the inspector turns off the light and his eyes bulge out and then right before he attacks the person we get a little flash and zoom on like his old previous monster form I noticed that too. Yeah, I think that's mm. super cool. I don't, I don't. It's almost like a little subliminal, almost. But yeah, I, I just really appreciate that effect. I appreciated the makeup on the eyes for that because it was very strange and kind of like not appealing, but in a way that you can tell it's like 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 a human body is not supposed to be doing that, and that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it especially looked creepy in the uh, Pajardov version with his like Jesus yeah. hair. <laughs> it's like an evil, uh, evil Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Evil Jesus. With the demon eyes. <laughs> Evil Jesus. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> oh, but I guess we should get to this. I think, Isaac, you, you hinted that you knew about this before. So this movie was produced by a guy named uh, Bernard Jordan. He, he kind of did some B-movie stuff and some westerns and stuff back in the 50s. But during the whole... The whole uh, um, House of Un-American Activities Committee. He was one of the people who got flagged by the blacklist. He got subpoenaed, and it just killed his career. He had to work, like, under the table for years in Hollywood till he finally moved out to Spain. He could Yikes. be credited for his work. So, yeah, he was one of the one of the people affected by the blacklist, and unfortunately, a guy named William Allen, who produced uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon and This Island Earth, and a lot of classic classic stuff, he also played the reporter in Citizen Kane, went around and interviewed everybody. Mm. He was the one who fingered uh, this guy. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So. Wow. 
it's kind of a shame to know that because I, I like that guy's work and to kind of know that he was a I don't know what you call that kind of person but <laughs> the whistleblower no yeah definitely not a whistleblower kind of a betrayer in that way sold sold him out uh, a cock yeah a bit of a cock yeah I mean I'm sure I'm sure he was pressured into it I don't know what they were doing to the people who were actually communist member parties like he was I don't know if they're locking them up or, <laughs> or what they were doing but they're they're getting they're getting very angry with them because McCarthy and shit. Yeah, so that's why this guy, you know, moved to Spain and he was American produced film and produced the Spanish production. So mm -hmm. I just figured I'd mention that because that's an interesting tidbit. And we kind of talked about the 50s era politics during our last uh, discussion with Think for Another World. So kind of ties in. Yes, this is true. Yeah, but the, the interesting thing about this one, once again, is in 1906. So it's kind of, it's kind of in a way, and I was thinking about it too, it's before a lot of those really significant political events of the 20th century, like, you know, the First World War, Second World War, Depression, Cold War, it kind of has no frame of reference in any of those, mm. which you kind of forget about until you're there. Because, you know, no normally in a situation like that, you're watching something from the freaking 1800s and you're, or, or like Game of Thrones or like Lord of the Rings, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is obviously a different world. But you're but this kind of time frame, you're like, oh, yeah, this is before all that. And I just kind of dawned on me maybe because it's in color too and you're used to seeing movies set in that time black and white it definitely gave me a bit of a displacement just kind of i can like you know it, it made me think about the setting a lot more than a lot of a lot of movies we watch like this too mm. yeah for those reasons yeah it's cool i didn't really think about that either but yeah it is interesting yeah the only like last film i remember seeing that was in at least after the gay 90s and the whatever it's called turn of the century in that in that era <laughs> Um, hey, it's a real thing. Look it up. Um, I, you know what? I will. I'll, I'll hold you to that. That's I'll totally fair. That. I might be wrong on that, but the last movie I saw that was in that era was Apostle. Oh, it is. Oh, Apostle. Yes. Quality film. Yeah, that's true. That's yep. true. Very good film. Very, love very fun movie. film. Yep. Love, love that film. Yeah, definitely a cool film. Agreed. Wait, when was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I think that was like 1895 or something like that. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> Oh, um, just out of curiosity, have either of you guys seen Creepshow? I haven't seen Creepshow. No. Like, are you, are you talking the new series? Uh, the the 80s film. I think it was 81. Negative, no. Yeah, when I was watching this, there's one segment in Creepshow called The Crate. And it has a, somewhat of a similar premise, where there's this, uh, this old Arctic expedition found some sort of monster. But in that one, they buried in a crate and they like leave it in a university and it's uncovered and the monster escapes now there's not a huge plot connection but it just when i was watching this it kept making me think of that great little segment oh. um, let's see what else notes i got here Interesting. yeah okay um i think that's all the notes that i had so any jokes that you want to bring out oh i'd have to read through i guess i'll mention this so when we originally planned to do this maybe yeah, you know, like a year plus ago I actually went through and wrote an old school scene by scene like we did for the lighthouse or shock waves. Yep. And so I wrote it all the way through and yeah, we've got that completed scene by scene, but I guess we're not going to do that because I don't know, neither one of those really turned out super well, I don't think so. I'll kind of stayed away <laughs> from doing it again, but I'll resurrect it somehow like <laughs> I always do. Yeah, I guess at Astra. So <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day, one day. Oh, and just because just you mentioned uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, this was originally going to be called Panic on the Tra Trans-Siberian Express. Right. So a little bit of a ah, reference piece there. Hmm, that's cool. Oh, but if you guys want to move to final thoughts, I feel like I've spent everything that I had written in my notes at least. So, Sure. I can't think of anything else really other than I enjoyed this movie. I'm feeling it. Um, I would say, yes, watch it. Would I say to go buy the Arrow video? I don't know. I'll let Kale be the judge on that, but I certainly would probably watch it again uh, one day because I enjoyed the, the the roles. There was some camp in there. There was some seriousness. There was some interesting kills, I'll say that. Um, Christopher Lee welds a sword at one point, but it's in the dark, so you can't really see <laughs> him do like some really cool moves, which, by the way, as well, he used to used a curved sword as well. Like uh, The blade was curved, so even more like reasoning that he's the Count Dooku uh, <laughs> himself. And, um, yeah, I expected them all to die in the end, similar to 
Uh, I don't know why. I just had this. I had demons on my mind at the very end, where I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be like demons, where they all die in the end." Uh, well, the main one of the main characters dies in the end. Spoilers. Um, no, they didn't. They went off a train, and I wonder if uh, a train car, uh, an uh, an ancient train car going off an edge, would actually explode like that, or if that was just you know modern effects of the time. Uh, that was a locomotive, which yeah. which would have a internal fire burning and some coal coal on board that's true also really depends on what it's carrying but i i don't actually know the answer to that question no that's fair pardon yes pardon me i've been i've been corrected that's fair yeah i think that correct my statement i would assume that the front of the train would start on fire but explosion seems a little little curious but (laughs) (laughs) and the same for all the passenger cars as well eh? at the very least from impact like you have a very complex piece of machinery with a lot of moving parts so if, if that comes to in contact with something at a very high speed, you're gonna have have shit flying everywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Which, by the way, I did really like that ending. And we just kind of yeah, that was clever. Yeah, cut from the explosions to Christopher Lee and that one chick, and oh, and Peter Cushing too. And just the music there is also really great. I mean, hey, we had a of course we're on a train. Of course, we got to derail it. Like, yep. Why not? It's it's only gonna yeah. make sense, eh? I do like um. I do like again how how these movies know when to end and how to end. Mm-hmm. Agree. There are so many horror movies that will slow it that will either have an intentionally ambiguous ending or like one little little last get to just like oh it's not over yet ah, I'm also still alive ah. or like you know they just kind of stop this one and just like yeah the thing blew up they're standing there looking over it going kind of good riddance and then the movie ends. Story's over. Yep. That great score just fill, fill in the rest with your mind like it's done. Yep. Yeah, you saying that makes me think of, uh, I always, every time I watch Nightmare on Elm Street, I always hate that we get that little kind of additional ending. But I always feel like that kind of damages the movie. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't remember that, actually. But I'm not a huge fan of that movie, so. Oh, fair enough. Oh, and I, I just got to mention, because you just popped up on screen. Sure. I fucking love the Count's uh, blazer, that beautiful pink blazer. Oh, the Count, yeah, he's a, he's a person. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I just, I wish I had that blazer. That'd be so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh, but do you want to go for your final thoughts, Johnny, or do you want to go last? Of course, of course. Sure. Um, so I'm fairly new to watching a lot of classic horror movies like this. Like once again, the The Wicker Man, Night of the Living Dead, The Thing from Another World. I haven't seen a ton of them, but this is this one and The Wicker Man kind of stand out to me because, like, like you know, there's no like of course yeah this can as you would see from an older horror movie there's always going to be campy stuff but this this is the one where I think that I can kind of see more of the traits of what would become like modern horror conventional horror kind of emerging into me overshadowing the kind of campiness of like it being an old movie you know and so yeah I definitely definitely worth a watch like like you Caleb I love the train setting I like the I like it's it's enough like the thing to keep fans of that entertained I think uh, a lot of interesting ideas, D- definitely some, like, once again, much in the spirit of who goes there, a bunch of scientists trying to figure out what the fuck is going <laughs> on with this thing, and you know what, it's it's not, it's not really a huge mystery, because you kind of know where, where the monster is and what it's doing, but, you know what, it's it's a lot of fun, it's, it, it, it does have some moments that, that could still kind of be chilling in the right atmosphere and the right mood, and it, it does a good job of what it does, for $300,000, pretty, f- I've seen a fuck of a lot worse <laughs> with, with, with a lot more money than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is one I just I keep going back to. I super enjoy it. I just enjoy Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee on on screen together. I think they just have that kind of magical chemistry for me. And and, and individually as well. They're they're both just super great. So, and I like that this movie has kind of a flavor of hammer horror mixed with some Italian horror, even though it's Spanish. I just I like that kind of combination. You don't see that too much. And again, the setting, the great music, and there's also some, some more gorish bits than you don't usually see in Hammer films. This is true. Like we see the eye being taken out, or that one guy's uh, top of his skull being cut off. So that kind of stuff just yeah. makes it kind of stand out again. True. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's not wearing gloves while he's doing that surgery <laughs> either. So. Yeah, back <laughs> in the day, boy, oh boy. <laughs> Good surgery scene, by the way. I liked it. And I do think it, it gets some genuine laughs for me, so I, I I can appreciate that. Yeah, well done. Not much gore in this movie. Good I movie. Just that. Well, we're gonna get some gore with the uh, the next film in the series, John Carpenter. Oh wait, thing. hang on, Caleb. What about what about you? 
just... Yeah, that was that was my my final thoughts for that. Oh, I mean, okay, I I, okay. I just yeah, I, I very much enjoy it, and I would highly recommend the Arrow Blu-ray. Okay. Again, as someone who watched the very shitty Legends of Horror version, I probably saw that version two or three times, and I've only seen this Horror Express or the the Arrow fuck <laughs> drunk. I've only seen this Arrow video one uh, twice, but both times it's just a marvel how much they cleaned it up. So very happy with mm-hmm. that. What uh, what special features are on there? Anything t- pulled pulled over from the DVDs or no? <laughs> well, my old DVD didn't have any special features, so it was. <laughs> oh okay, nothing carried over. Good. Again, it was the of one out of fifty, so all they have is a very terrible and compressed version of the film, and that's all you get. So. <laughs> But yeah, I remember the special features being reasonably good. Those are what I used to put together that scene by scene. So I'm sure I riddled that full of facts that I didn't reread because I didn't reread that. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, nice. yeah, next time, John Carpenter's The Thing. Very, very excited for that. I watch that film every Christmas, so it's good timing. <laughs> Tis the season. Yeah. Like, what, one day after Hanukkah? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yep, yeah, tune in next time, folks, and have a good one. Beware of trains. Beware of trains. Don't go on there. Yes, watch the skies for trains falling down on top of you. Oh, not just that, but beware of crates on trains, <laughs> because you never know what might be in them. Could be bad diseases or whatnot. Actually, we don't really need to worry about diseases anymore since we're, like, in a plague right now, so never mind. <laughs> So it's said you're ending Isaac. I'm... <laughs> Is it? I'm not touching it. I'm not, not touching it. <laughs> he's, he's done. He's not. He's not like touching anything anymore. Peace. Peace.